Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 299 of the Fully Opposable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff Anson, and alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. So, Scott, how was Aftershock? <laughs> Hold on, let me get out my crystal ball. <laughs> let's hop in the DeLorean. Let's, let's hop in the DeLorean. Speed through Sunday. No, I, you know what? Spoiler prediction. It was amazing. I've never had more fun at a metal show. Is that true? I hope so. Do you expect this to be the be all end all of metal shows for you? I don't think so, dude. No, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Four days filled with heavy metal. Two nights of which are going to be Metallica for two hours each night. So it's going to be awesome. Misfits are closing Saturday night. It's Ooh. the Anthrax, Suicidal Tendencies, the Misfits, Metallica. Uh, Steel Panther is going to be there on Sunday. Eddie Van Halen's kid is going to be there. Uh, his band's name is Mammoth WVH, so that's going to be cool to see him. Um, just excited, dude. It's going to be fun to be back at a metal show. Got to see Kiss. That's more of like a rock show. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I'm super excited to go back to a metal show. I hope you have a good time at it. Don't get too sunburnt. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Well, the the great part is, is we have VIP. So I think there's going to be like spots where you can go chill, you know, it'll be a shade and they're going to have their own area of like food trucks and merch and bathrooms. So it's, it's going to be a good time. And on top of that, there's going to be a booth that sells blackened Metallica's whiskey. As you all know that listen to drunk wrestling history, that is my drink of choice. Yes. So, super excited for this coming weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to be walking around like Wayne and Garth just flashing your badge? <laughs> I'll be flashing. I don't know if it'll be my badge, though. It may be my drink. Couple uh, shots of blackened, and I guess you're going to be good to go, huh? <laughs> Squat shows up. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I am drinking 7-Up Zero right now. Ooh, look at you living on the edge. And Scott, congratulations on your not only being the biggest influencer in wrestling figure podcast history. Wow, thank you for that. I mean, you're the biggest influencer. People just love the influencing that you do. No, stop, really. <laughs> As you waving me on to give you more. <laughs> yeah, please keep heaping it on. I love <laughs> being called an influencer. <laughs> but also, huge congrats to you on your fantasy baseball championship, your very first one. Congratulations to you, brother. Yes, thank you. Very first championship. Super excited. Um, didn't exactly have like, I guess a team on paper that would destroy everybody, but it was good enough to get the Duke. So thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Your team was good all year, dude. You were always in that second spot or third spot to make the playoffs. Yeah. I kind of rode that cause we had two guys that were kind of leading the pack. So I just kind of stayed in the hunt the whole season and made my moves when I needed to. And it worked out 17 and six overall record. I can't be too happy or too upset about that. 
But uh, thank you for the congratulations. I really appreciate that. I'm super excited. And I'm already looking forward to next year. Starting to put some names on paper. Is Cedric Mullins one of them from Baltimore? <laughs> you know, I got pretty lucky this season. The pickups that I made really panned out. Jared, well, sorry, this is not a fantasy baseball podcast, but looks like we're going to talk about it. Uh, Cedric, <laughs> Cedric Mullins worked out really well. Uh, Jared Walsh, uh, Jorge Polanco, those guys really were a spark when I needed them to be because uh, I had some injuries here and there, as most every team in the league did. So I just got lucky on my pickups. Sometimes you pick up a guy and it doesn't work out. Well, this season I had like three names that really helped me through the season. So, you know, sometimes you need luck on your side and that's what happened. Yep. And then when Luis Roberts got back, that solidified your outfield. That was it, dude. Like he was just a beast. That kid, I'm telling you, a few years ago, I told you I was going to make a pick that shocked the world in the third round and I grabbed him. And uh, man, three years later, here he is. He's been a stud. Yep. Well, congratulations on your first championship. You beat my former director. You're welcome. In the championship, so I thank you for doing that. You're welcome. You can rub it in his face, be like, yeah, my brother beat you. Well, he's the one that went 19-4 and all season. And I told him he is going to go down as one of (laughs) the greatest teams to never win a championship. So he's right up there with the 07 Patriots. (laughs) He's up there with the, and I hate to say this, but he's up there with the 73 and nine Warriors from 2017, 18, I think that was. Yeah, the one that blew a 3 1 lead. Hey, 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 let's not jump to that. But, anyways, yes, you are correct. They did blow that 3 1 lead against the Cavs. But, anyways, and then right below them is uh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go down in the annals of uh, fantasy baseball. I was trying not to say that word. Annals? Yeah. It's such a fun word, though, because it's so close to, you know, another word. Annuals. It's so close to that word. There you go. There you go. If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. We have the new fully effing posable t-shirt that you can pick up at whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable. Instagram, Fully Opposable, WF. P, you can go back and listen to any of our podcasts, all 299 episodes of them on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes for us. That would help out a lot. And you can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, have you picked anything up recently? I did not pick anything up, but as mentioned last week, I was waiting on some stuff that had been ordered previously. I was waiting on that to show up, and dude, did it ever. First, I got in the breaker with Ram Cycle from the G.I. Joe Classified line. That came in from Target. We got in Shannon's Papa One Ghost Ultimate figure, and we've talked about Super 7's Ultimates and specifically their price tag and how that's kind of enough to scare a lot of people off. But if it's a property that you love and are passionate about and you've got the funds to do it, I'm telling you, jump in because Super 7's Ultimates figures are absolutely incredible. I wish I had the funds to jump in on the G.I. Joe uh, Ultimates that Super 7 did. Unfortunately, didn't have the funds to do it, so I couldn't. But the Papa One Ghost Ultimate that we just got in for Shan... Holy crap, dude. Just the packaging alone 
is enough to drop your jaw. It's incredible. And then you slide off that top lid. Oh my goodness, dude. That Papa figure is just nuts. Like they nailed it. It is absolutely Papa. If you're a ghost fan and you can get your hands on one, go do it. Highly recommended. But you didn't tune into this podcast to A, hear fantasy baseball. B, hear about the ghost ultimate. You tuned in to listen about wrestling figures. So I got in my two Sergeant Slaughter San Diego Comic-Con exclusive figures, one of which, Jeff, is yours. Yeah. Opened it up. Number one, the packaging. Incredible. The outside, the inside, they've got a full color shot of Sergeant Slaughter, like a drawing of him. The other side has the WWF logo on it. The box looks great. I opened up both figures, Jeff. I got one of each. I got the regular version with the blue card, and I got the chase version, which is the black card. So you'll be getting the blue one. I'm going to keep the black one for here. That Sergeant Slaughter figure, now that it is in hand, because we did the Who Did It Better Sergeant Slaughter a few weeks ago, now that it's in hand, it is the best Sergeant Slaughter ever done. Kudos to Mattel, not only for making the best Sergeant Slaughter, but for making my hard-earned money well spent on their product between the packaging, the chase, the figure itself. Incredible job by Mattel. I'm super impressed. But yes, I got my hands on a Chase Sergeant Slaughter, and you'll be getting the blue card version. Are you going to get that sign next time you see Slaughter? Uh, I would love to, but here's the dilemma, right? It's kind of that same dilemma we have with the New Day set that was in the gatefold box. Where do you get it signed, and how do you display it? I, I want to get it signed, right? But do I get the box that Slaughter comes in signed? And you're just kind of displaying a signed box? Or do I get the figure inside signed and hang up the figure without the box? Because it's it, it's sort of all meant to be like one big presentation, right? So those are right. really, in my mind, those are really difficult figures to get signed. For example, the San Diego Comic-Con Slim Jim Macho Man. He was inside of another box. So would you have had Macho Man sign the Slim Jim box? Or would you take the figure out and have him sign over the window? That's kind of my dilemma in getting the slaughter sign, and I don't know which way I would go with it. With the Defining Moment razor that I got signed just a few weeks ago at Stockton Con, that was easy, right? There's no peg to hang it on the wall, but I can put it on a shelf, and it's going to look fantastic. Mm-hmm. The slaughter figure, as I mentioned, it does have a full color like drawing of slaughter, so I could get that signed. In fact, let me turn around and look at it right now. Man, that'd look good, Jeff. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the box and it's got like the American flag on it. It's got Slaughter with an arm up. So the Sarge's signature on the box front would look fantastic. But then the figure inside, it's so good because it's actually posed like his LJN. So his signature on that bubble would look so great. It, it, it's, it's a hard decision. I would love to get it signed by Sarge. I just don't know where I would have him sign it. Either the figure inside or the box. It's... It's a tough decision, but yes, I would get it signed. I just don't know where. Now, would it kill you to get a chase signed? Not at all. Absolutely okay. not. No. Like, I'm one of those guys, they used to say back in the day, don't have a player sign their rookie card, right? Because it's going to devalue the rookie card. I call BS on that. In my mind, no, it doesn't because chances are really good. I'm never going to sell it. So for me, for the Sarge to sign the chase... I don't feel that it would devalue the figure at all. I think in my mind, it adds value. 
And at the end of the day, I'm not ever going to sell that. Even though I wouldn't have them personalize it, I would never sell it. It would go to my kids. So in my mind, any signature on any item elevates the value. It never decreases it. So I would have no problem having Sarge sign the chase figure. Okay. So you're going down and saying it is the best Sarge ever. Yeah. Yeah. We had mentioned that during our Who Did It Better, that it was kind of like, it's this figure until I have this one in hand. Now that I have that San Diego Comic-Con Sarge in hand, it is the best Sarge figure ever done. And in my mind, it's not, it's close, but it's, it really set itself apart. The fact that they paid attention to the LJN and not just the LJ or LJN style. Sorry. It was a Hasbro, but it was LJN style, not just the figure itself, but the packaging to go black card chase is, is kind of, I don't want to call it a deep dive, but it is kind of because the LJNs primarily were that blue card back, but they're like, we'll go grand toys, black card, which I love because a lot of attention to detail was paid by Mattel to this figure. So much thought went into it. I love every piece of it. And yes, I include packaging when I make my decisions on a figure. So this figure easily wins out over the Hasbro Sarge. All right. I don't know when I'll be picking it up from you, but... Well, you know, I can send it with Peyton when she comes and hangs out with you guys this weekend. Or you could send it with Peyton when she comes to hang out with us this weekend. I'll tell you, you know what? Uncle Jeffrey loves opened figures. So why don't you go ahead and open that on the way to Alameda? Son of a... (laughs) What rank was Macho Man Slim Jim again in your list? (laughs) She opens the figure. It's dropping. (laughs) Drop nine, ten. Maybe it wouldn't even crack the top ten of 2019. Yeah, worst figure of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like comic book guy from The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Worst figure ever. So people come to, they listen to the show for wrestling figures. I thought they came to listen to us talk about Topgolf we did this past week. (laughs) Yes, we did. Very good. Yes. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. I got a uh, a rating, an official rating, I should say, from Rad Chad. I got a 6.9. I'm going to say that's out of seven, Jeff. Uh, I think he was being generous. I think he was drunk also when he gave you that score. I see. So it could have been out of 30, maybe 100. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So not seven is what we're saying. I don't think any of us will be playing golf with Rad Chad anytime soon, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Much less to say professionally either. Uh, Right, right. No, I'm just joking. Um, So (laughs) it was funny. I went to uh, Alameda Target. I haven't been there in ages. It felt like head on over to Alameda Target this past week, dude. And uh, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I haven't been here in a while. I bet they've got new stuff on the pegs. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they have. I go in, I go down the wrestling figure aisle. I'm going to sound like Steve from Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. You know, when we do our weekly toy spotting and stuff like that. Yes. But I went down this aisle and all that was there was Riho, Nick and Matt Jackson from Series 3. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this ain't good. Steve's going to have a field day with this one, by the way, but go ahead. But here's the funny part. So I'm like, okay, well, let's check out the elites. Maybe they have some legends or something like that. The elites was Topics, was Cena, was Ray, was McIntyre. Didn't have Roman, which I was surprised about. And they still had the SummerSlam basics. That was it. Wow. Yeah, I was like, ah, crap. Did they have a Slambulance? I didn't even look, dude, honestly. <laughs> You're all so disappointed by the figure selection. I didn't even look at the shells. I just moved down and I saw the Revelation figures, the He-Man ones. Oh, yes. They had them? They did. It took everything in me to keep walking. Did they have Castle Grayskull? No. 
Okay. But it took everything in me not to get the Revelation figures. They're that good, huh? Dude, they're so good. I think that Evil Lynn, it it should be up there for figure of the year, in the running for figure of the year. It's outstanding. That alternate head with the long white hair is just phenomenal, dude. That is such a good figure. I want to see him in person. I haven't seen him in person yet, but I'm excited to see. It's going to be hard to keep my wallet in my pants, is what (laughs) I'm saying. Much like you, Jeff, it's going to be hard not to purchase at least one or two of them. But that evil Lynn is just outstanding. Oh, by the way, I was watching CNN the other morning and at the gym, and they were talking about stuff that may be going to be limited. I shouldn't say limited, but difficult to come across, I guess. Oh, for Christmas? Uh, Christmas or just down the road. Like they talked about women's dresses were going to be difficult. Um, I'm trying to remember some other things, but one of the listings up there was action figures, toys. See, we've been knowing this, dude. We've been living the struggle. Everybody listening to this show has been living right. that struggle. And it's funny that the the news networks or whatever, they're finally catching on as well. It's like, we've been saying this for like four or five years now. Well, they're talking about the stuff that like is out in the ocean right now. The containers that are out there just floating around for... Oh, right. I'm like, crap, not action figures. We just started to see figures on the pegs again, and now we're seeing this. It's like, ah, crap. Here we go crying about distribution again. Oh, boy. Buckle up, kitties. We're going to get called out again. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! But, you know, Super (laughs) 7 has really been hit hard by this, dude. Like, Series 2 and JPW still hasn't hit, correct? It's supposed to be. Matthew Goldberg sent something out. Uh, recently, and I read it on the air a couple weeks ago, but basically they're supposed to be getting here soon. But the bad news is there's nothing about Series 3. I don't think, I bet you 50 bucks there's no Series 3. It's very possible, and you had actually predicted that too. But, uh, you know, we ordered this Ghost's Ultimate last year, and we just got it this past week. So they've been hit pretty hard by it. But the best part is they're not stopping. Like, okay, here are the figures. You guys know the deal with delays. You're going to get what you're paying for. And that's kind of my point with this is that there are long delays with some figures. But once you have it in hand, it's like all is forgiven. Especially with those Super 7 Ultimates. Man, they are so good. So while NJPW 2 has been delayed quite a bit, once you have those figures in hand, you are not going to be disappointed. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Those ultimates are just, man. And they're like, what, two and a half times the price of an elite figure. But again, if you have the budget to do it and it's it's a property that you're passionate about, man. Oh, for example, that I'm not a Power Rangers fan, so I apologize if I get her name wrong. But the female villain from the Power Rangers, what is it, Rita Repulsa or something like that? Oh, dude, that is fantastic. I just saw a picture in that uh, scrolling through Twitter today. As did I, and that's where this is coming from. If you haven't seen it, go check out that figure. You are absolutely getting what you're paying for with these Ultimates. They, The amount of detail that goes in, if you have the funds, it's well warranted. It's worth it. The weight, again, when you have that figure in hand, finally, you're going to forget all about that weight. These figures are outstanding. So it sucks you got to wait for them. It sucks they're stuck on the ocean, but all's forgiven when you have them in hand. It's like those Disney Ultimates that they did where they had the uh, the uh, Lion Prince thing and 
uh, Mickey and his sorcer- uh, sorcerers. Right. Dude, I've seen those uh, pictures of those, I should say. Those things are awesome as well, man. They've, like you said, those ultimates we can't say enough good things about, but wow. Yeah. And yes, we've complained about the price, but that's more of I'm complaining because I can't afford it and I really want it. So it's like, man, the prices are so high. But again, if you've got the money, well worth it. Scott, that rounds out the beginning segment. We need to get into the news. What do you say we jump into it? Oh, we're just going to skip right over Aquanet Minute this week, huh? You're just going to trample it like you trampled me a couple weeks ago, not letting me get my finishing lines in? You got one minute. Go. This Aquanet Minute is brought to you by nobody in particular. And my pick for this week is Wasp, The Headless Children. Released in, I believe, 89. Outstanding from top to bottom. It's their best album of the 80s. I would not say it's their best album because I think their best album is The Crimson Idol which is actually a concept album that worked really well, unlike Kisses the Elder. But highly recommended if you were a fan of Wasp in the 80s and you never heard this one because it was kind of at the tail end. They really kind of changed their sound. And it's my favorite Wasp album of the 80s, second favorite Wasp album overall. Go check it out, Wasp, The Headless Children. Wow, you actually did that in under a minute. Yeah, it was almost like I practiced it, huh? I think so. Did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> it was all off the cuff. I actually just uh, had a little bit of trouble finding my stopwatch as well. Oh, I see. I've never used my stopwatch on my phone, so I didn't know where it was at. So you actually got a few extra seconds in there. Perfect. That worked <laughs> out well for me and for Wasp, if they get any downloads on Spotify. <laughs> was it them that sang round and round? No, that was Rat. Ah, it was close. Uh, soon to be on an Aquanet Minute. All right. I, I did dig Rat. I did like them. Oh, dude. Yeah, Rat was an 80s staple. I mean, you had Poison, you had Motley Crue, you had Guns N' Roses, and you had Rat. They had some bangers in the 80s, dude. Like, I loved Rat. I had all their albums. I think up until, was it Reach for the Sky? I think it was like 90 or 91 or Detonator. One of those. Anyway, um, loved Rat. Absolutely loved Rat. Unfortunately, uh, Stephen Piercy, who's the lead singer, his voice has kind of gone the way of uh, Vince Neil, or so I've heard. <laughs> so, uh, Big Mac 103. <laughs> you might hear Stephen Piercy saying, or you think that's what you heard him say, much like Vince Neil. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on when he's singing. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, good stuff. All right. Now, can we get into the news? Sure, let's go talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, in the news, Zombie Sailor signed Ultimo Dragon. So Ultimo Dragon will be coming in the heels and faces line. First Ultimo figure in, man, 10 years, 15 years? The last one was in the Ruthless Aggression series. From Jax. That was like 05, 04, somewhere in there, I think. Did he have any other figures? I'm trying to do the quick Rolodex of Ultimo Dragon figures. Did he have like a, a Japanese figure that we didn't know about? or? Oh, that I don't know. But I believe in Jax, he had at least the one that I remember is that Ruthless Aggression. And then I think he also had one that came with a mask, if I'm not mistaken, in the Jax line. Uh, yes, he did. That's a great call, dude. I forgot all about that. 
So he had a couple of them through Jacks, but it's been at least 15, 16 years. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking is that was the last one. I didn't know if there was any overseas one, but Ultimo Dragon will be in Zombie Sailor's line. Let's move over to Chella Toys. They announced Al Snow. Al Snow's figure will be exclusive. Get your pen and paper ready or your phones ready at Wrestling Trader, which is an UK-based provider. So Al Snow figure will be exclusive there. Also, they announced Wrestling Megastar Series 2 is going to be stacked. Everyone will know the complete lineup by November. Series 3 through 5 are stacked as well. We have tried to target the line as something for everyone, and we hope we have accomplished that. We will also be adding a new retro line in scale with Wrestling Megastars. This line will be based off a certain time frame and is going to be so much fun. So Chella Toys, man, they're all in on this and we're here for it. Doing big things. I love it. A thing of note about the Al Snow figure, it does come with head. It'll yes. be like Job Squad Al Snow, and he can hold the head in his hand. Absolutely. That's such a cool little niche. It really is, dude. Boss Fight Studios. Haven't talked about them lately, but let's get over to them. They showed off their premium figures of Conan and Lady Maravilla. Pre-orders went up this past Thursday on Boss Fight's website. Conan will come with two mast heads, Mike, extra hands, and he will be in his blue and pink gear. Lady Maravilla, she will have two heads, one with a pink and black mask, the other with just a black mask. So they are pumping out some more of those premium figures, like their Penta and Phoenix figures that they had released earlier. Was it earlier this year or late last year? Uh, Yes. Sure. <laughs> I think we received them, what, mid this year, earlier this year? But the pre-orders went up about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And both of those figures, the new ones are outstanding. If they're anything like the Penta and Phoenix, the finished products in hand are anything like the Penta and Phoenix, again, well worth your money, well worth the wait. And Scott, I want to round out the news with something that Vintage Jacks BCA tweeted out. And I thought this was really, really fascinating because it's a little wrestling figure history. So Vintage Jacks BCA put out this long thread about old school Hasbro stuff, like WWF Hasbro stuff. And it was about them announcing figures and stuff going through lines. And anyways... So Vintage Jack says George D. Emmons action figure update was some of the leading independent figure news coverage of its time. Here are bits and pieces of his wrestling figure info and commentary from the mid 90s. If you are a Hasbro WWF fan, I think you'll like this Twitter thread. So I'll start with Toy Fair 94 review. Hasbro had a few WWF figures, but not many. The next assortment will not contain Brutus Beefcake, but will instead have a repainted Tatanka. These will come out on the purple cards. Sound familiar, Scott? Very much so. That's the beefcake that we missed out on. The set after this will be on dark blue cards and will contain Bushwhacker Luke, Bushwhacker Butch, Head Shrinker Fatu, Samu, Marty Jannetty, and Giant Gonzalez. Usual Hasbro policy would be to have the fourth set too. It is surprising they did not. There will also be a King of the Ring wrestling ring coming out later this year. Sound familiar? Man, it's like jumping in a time machine. I love this. 
On March 13, 1994, he said, WWF King of the Ring Yellow Wrestling Ring is out. March 18, 1994, Toys R Us has sent second helpings of WWF red card figures to stores. Get them while they're hot. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> I know. May 3rd, 1994, WWF purple card figures are out as well. Tatanka, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, Doink the Clown, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Ted DiBiase. So you kind of go through this timeline of 1994 with... Of these six, half are currently employed by WWF, and one of those three isn't even wrestling anymore. <laughs> the, the dark blue card assortment will now include a seventh figure, a repainted Shawn Michaels. Ah, the black tights. The assortment now looks like Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty with 13-year-old girl accessory. Oh, come on. Giant Gonzalez, Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch, and Head Shrinkers, Fatu, and Samu. August 30th, 1994, Hasbro has canceled its WWF toy line. Here's where it gets fun. The new assortment, Royal Blue Cards, has eight figures. Fatu, Samu, Butch, Luke, Giant Gonzalez, Marty Jannetty, Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels. The next assortment, Green Cards, has seven. And for all anyone will know, will be the last assortment. But there will be an orange card set featuring Diesel, All-American Lex, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, and three or four others. Men on a Mission, the Quebecers have been mentioned, has been Roddy Piper and Jerry Lawler. This set will be very limited and foreign release. Kenner is rumored to have picked up the World Championship Wrestling license, which would include Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Sting, Honky Tonk Man, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and possibly Mr. Perfect in The Ultimate Warrior. How in the world would that have happened? I have no idea. Was Warrior going to go to WCW at some point? Or were they thinking maybe Renegade? Uh, maybe? But even Renegade was like 95, and this stuff is from 94, right? Right. Ooh, that's the, interesting. So it continues on. The possibility exists of Kenner using Hasbro's WWF molds, in which cases there will be hell to pay. October 4th, 1994. Hasbro slash Kenner has lost the WWF toy license. Another company has picked it up, and the line will start from scratch. The green card assortment may or may not come out at all. Spoiler alert, they did. <laughs> that was my words. That was Jeff Toon's words. We know things. <laughs> According to a customer service rep at HK. However, bills of lading have gone out for the set, which would seem to mean they are still on. The foreign release orange card set, however, is definitely off. Ooh, they were going to go Galoob Series 2 with it. It sounds like it. Yeah. So this continues on, but I'm loving this timeline. So I'll read on a little bit further. November 7th, 1994, the company which will be producing WCW wrestling figures is the San Francisco Toy Company. November 22nd, 1994, the WWF Blue Card Assortment has been re-released with repainted Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Every store I have seen with the new cases has very few to none of these. Not surprising since these are the only two name wrestlers in the lot. The rest practically scream shelf life. The green card assortment hit this week as well. Contained there are Yokozuna, Crush, 123Kid, Ludwig Borga, Adam Bomb, and Billy and Bart Gunn, the smoking guns. Expect this very colorful assortment to fly. November 30th, 1994, the WWF Green Card Assortment is out. 
January 24th, 1995, Just Toys may be casting a couple new molds for the WWF Bendems. Here you go, Scott. We got some Bendems going on. Love the Bendems. Five figures in the initial and hopefully final assortment, Bret Hart, Diesel, Doink the Clown, Lex Luger, Razor Ramon. How dare they say and hopefully final. (laughs) February 23rd, 1995, Toy Fair 95 review. WWF Bendems look, well, okay. Shame on them, dude. Set one has Brett, Diesel, Lex, Razor Ramon, and Doink the Clown. Set two will have Mabel, Undertaker, 123 Kid, Adam Bomb, and British Bulldog. There is also a WWF wrestling ring, and the catalog has Dink pictured with that ring. I still have that picture in my camera roll. So it continues on, and I just found this so interesting just being a... Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a history buff, but I like looking back at stuff I love. Baseball wrestling figures, football. I love learning the history of stuff like that. So anyways, I thank Vintage Jacks BCA for putting this out and having this out there. I just, I, I loved reading it through the thread because it was just so fascinating. Oh, for sure. It was literally like a trip down memory lane. Like we lived through all of that too. And again, thanks to Castro Village Toy Shop and the owner, John, for never stopping bringing in those WWF Hasbro figures because without him, we wouldn't have had anything. Well, you know what? I don't even think red card hit our Toys R Us, Jeff. So basically anything after the series before the red cards, we wouldn't have had those. Because as far as I remember, uh, Hayward Toys R Us never got in the red card series. Don't you wish now that you would have called John and been like, hey, you got that case in? Yes, I will be down to pick up the entire case. I wish I had. And I literally, dude, I can visualize him keeping the box behind the counter. I would walk in. Hey, John, shake his hand. And he's like, here's what I got for you. And he would have it behind the counter. Would bring up a sealed case every single time. Everyone after the red card anyway. Would throw the case up on the counter. Get out his uh, his blade. Zip right across the top. He's like, okay, one of each. And he'd look on the back and make sure I had every single one of them. And here you go. Charge them up. Off I went with a bag full of figures, and I'd wait till you got off school. We'd sit in the spare room with, or your room with wrestling on, and rip open figures. There was two per case each time John brought out a case, right? As far as I remember, yes. Man, could you imagine if you would have just picked up the whole case? <sighs> Knowing what I know now, if I had known it then, I would have had him order multiple cases. And I would have just stockpiled them, dude. Hop in the DeLorean and go back to 1993, 1992, whatever it was. And just be like, go ahead and just order four cases. I'm going to buy all four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can trust me, John. I've got this. I kind of know what I'm about to get into. (laughs) Yeah. I have benefactors. Don't worry about how this is getting paid for. Uh, but Vintage Jacks BCA, thank you for posting that. You can go read that thread on his timeline. It was really fascinating just kind of going through and reading that. So I love it. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Scott, are you ready to hit up the nostalgia segment? Let's do it. Before we get into WWE Elite Series 30, we want you guys to check out WrestlingFigureDatabase.com where you can check out all the figures that have ever been produced over at Wrestling Figure Database. 
They have all the Jacks, all the LJNs, all the Hasbros, all the Just Toys Bendems, basically everything you can think of under one site. And you can go through each series like I do to pull the list for each figure in said series. So again, if you're in the hunt for completing sets and you need to do a checklist, go on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Calm. It was kind of funny, dude. Uh, I got a message from the guys over at Wrestling Figure Database, and they're like, I "Just listen to Drunk Wrestling History." And I'm not used to Scott working blue that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. It's kind of my alter ego. It's a drunk. I don't. I, I can't even say squat because squat is a happy drunk. If Scott Some... became a pirate, <laughs> that would be Scott on Drunk Wrestling History. All right, we got Scott the Pirate over at Drunk Wrestling History. <laughs> where you can find it on iTunes. But we want you guys to check out WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Scott, what you got for WWE Elite Series 30? Yes, sir. WWE Mattel Elite Series 30 consisted of Hawk and Animal, packaged separately, of course. They were in their Legion of Doom gear, so black and red. And they were both packaged with shoulder pads and gauntlets to match their outfits. Batista and he was facing backwards in the package because his accessory was detailed tattoos. So they faced him the other way so you could see the tremendous detail on his back tattoos. And he was in his black gear. Which is actually similar to when they posed Ultimate Warrior backwards in the Jack's Classic series. That is correct, to show off his jacket. So, good point, Jeff. From WrestleMania 12, yep. And also how they packaged Shockmaster upside down, but that was for a whole different reason. That is true. That was just for fun. Next up, Lex Luger. He was in his American gear, so think 93 Lex. And he came with a couple of dumbbell accessories. But the hair is not accurate on this one. It's his longer hair as opposed to the short hair that he had when he was riding in the Lex Express. True. Next up, Brock Lesnar. He was in his long black trunks, was packaged with an eat, sleep, conquer, repeat shirt and black sweatpants. And last, and certainly least... Ryback, and he was packaged <laughs> with a vest accessory and a Ryback Rules sleeveless shirt accessory. And Jeff, that rounds out Elite 30. You know what's funny is when I saw this Lex Luger come up on the list for Elite 30, I remember you had just started working at the facility you're working out now. Right. And I came running over to your desk and I said, dude, did you see WWE Elite Series 30 just pop up? And you said, no. And I said, Road Warriors. You're like, oh. I said, Lex Luger. You're like, oh, dude. And I said, and Batista. And you're like, okay, man. I said, Ryback. You said, man. And I said, Brock Lesnar. You're all, eh. I said, but the Road Warriors, dude. And he goes, you're all, what color are they? And I said, the red. And then we got talking. And I said, and then Lex Luger comes with some dumbbells. But he's all American Lex Luger. So you brought it up on the computer. And then you saw Luger had the long hair. And we both were like, uh, why the long hair? <laughs> you know, why not Why not the short hair that he actually had when he was riding around in the Lex Express? Yeah, I don't understand why they did that. Um, not really sure. I wish I knew, but uh, it's, it's kind of a miss. Unless he had longer hair towards the end of his American run. But I, I don't recall his hair being really long. But I do remember when he showed up on Nitro that night. He kind of had the longer hair. Uh, so he did have the longer hair when he was with the Allied Powers with British Bulldog. Okay, so I mean, this is still a pass, but if you're going to make American gear Lex Luger, 
It yes. Sh- it, it should be when he slammed Yoko on the USS flag, right? From his SummerSlam 93 match with Yoko. Like, that would be the Lex I want. Right. Same here. Same here. Do I dare ask who your favorite figure is in this series? Or should I just assume it is Ryback for sure? Yeah, clearly it's Ryback. <laughs> I know how much you, I know how much you love Ryback. Yeah, it wouldn't have been, but they put that vest on him. And I was like, oh, pff, dude, he's got a vest. <laughs> so is it Hawk or Animal that's your favorite? <laughs> I can't pick one, dude. Come on. It's like picking your favorite child. They're, these are just the perfect Legion of Doom figures. You basically took Legion of Doom from the early 90s, shrunk them down, put them in Elite 30 packaging, put them on the pegs, and I bought them and brought them home. Like, they are just perfect. I I can't pick a flaw in these. These are just amazing. The gauntlets, the shoulder pads, everything. They, They basically spared no expense and gave us perfect Legion of Doom figures. I have no gripes about these at all. No complaints. Lex Luger, while technically accurate, wouldn't be the Lex Luger I would want in my collection. I Again, I would want SummerSlam 93 Lex Luger. So that one, in my mind, is kind of a miss, even though technically it's accurate. It, it's it's kind of a miss, but that would easily be my second favorite if the hair was from the era Lex I wanted. Uh, the Batista's really good. The tattoo detail. I mean, it's basically a Batista figure. You get nothing else with it. Right. And yeah, you get no blue vest, no blue hat, no sunglasses. It's literally Batista in his black gear with tremendous detail on the tattoos. I don't want to sell those short. Um, so you know what? Still, I think Lex Luger is still my second favorite in the assortment, even with the longer hair. I really do. I like the Lex, but would prefer the shorter hair. But it's not even close in terms of favorite on this one. Easily Hawk and Animal. So I remember I found the Hawk and Animal at Target. And I can't remember which Target. I saw Batista everywhere. Uh, saw Lex here and there. But basically Ryback, Lesnar were the two that I saw everywhere. But I remember one time I went to another Target. Walked down the aisle and they had both Road Warriors sitting there. And I already had them. And I picked them both up and Celesco Gina picked these up. And I was like, no. And she goes, you've already got them? And I was like, yeah. She goes, do you want them? And I'm like, I do because I want to open them, but I don't. And it'd be a waste of money. And so I ended up not getting them. Oh, you left LOD on the pegs. I regret that now. (laughs) Damn. So, yeah. I, I mean, I've got them, but. And I actually have Roadwire Animal signed, but yeah, I wish I I do wish I would have picked up the extra set. They really are perfect, and I really like the Jacks Classic Superstars as well. This the Series One Tag Team Assortment, but man, these are just they just scream Legion of Doom from the early '90s. They are so perfect. Right, right. I am going to run down the eBay list real quick. Brock Lesnar with shirt with pants. Last sold eBay listing October 3rd for $59. Ryback vest shirt. Last eBay sold listing September 11th for $42.99. I was actually hoping he would be less than <laughs> than any of the Mizdows or the Damian Sandows. Yes, we wanted him to be our low bar. Yes, exactly. Actually, I think Seamus holds that record if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Well, I mean, deservedly so. He's had like 18,000 figures. 
Right, right. Lex Luger with Dumbbells, last sold listing October 6th for $59. Batista with that excellent back tattoo, last sold eBay listing October 5th for $69.88. Road Warrior Hawk, red shoulder pads, red gauntlets, last sold eBay listing September 30th for $125. Oof. I know. I thought it would be much higher. I thought so too. And Roadwire Animal with the red shoulder pads, red gauntlets, last sold eBay listing October 1st for $90. To be honest, dude, I thought those were going to be higher. I thought so too. And I think a while ago they were higher. So maybe the market's cooled a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Actually, it's funny too, because when I went to Load Icon, somebody was selling those for 440 I think. They were asking 220 each. Oh. I think that was it. Yeah, Man. but it was over 400 that they wanted for it. Holy crap. That's insane. You know, the stimulus money is dried up. Maybe the market's going to cool a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully. So that rounds out WWE Elite Series 30. Scott, are you ready to play Godfather's Hat? I can smell it. Let's play it. God, to welcome back the Godfather's Hat. For those of you that don't know, Godfather's Hat is where we shuffle some names that are written on a piece of paper. They are wrestling figures. We shuffle a couple names into a hat, and we don't know which one's going to be spat out at us. So, Scott, I have the names right here. They are going into the Hat of Shame. Are you ready for this? I'm very ready. Just be careful that thing doesn't shoot in your face. Let's see if the hat's pent up from not being uh, used recently. <laughs> it's always an adventure where it shoots. <laughs> oh, that came quick. Okay, here's the first name. <laughs> S- sexual reference. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Thank you for putting it right on the nose. Oh, all right. Scott, the first two names. Two. Is Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Hasbro's. Oh, those are so wonderful. I love that they did the Steiner brothers. And I love that the Steiners were in the WWF during the Hasbro era. The Scott is really, really good. I love his singlet. The Rick is outstanding. The headgear, the mustache, the singlet he's got on. I love the pose that Rick is in, or the, I should say the action that Rick has with the one cocked arm, because you can really do those stiff Rick Steiner clotheslines. Scott Steiner is in, he's got the hooked arm and then the one arm that goes straight up and down. So you can do like a bunch of Steiner plexes. I wish his legs were a little bit further apart so you could really hook a Steiner, uh, Frankensteiner. Mm-hmm. But aside from all of that, These are, I wouldn't call them perfect. I would call them great representation of the Steiner brothers as a tag team from that era. I just wish they had done tag team titles as an accessory because they would have been fantastic with the Steiners and then we would have had Hasbro tag team belts. Right. Yes, you can get custom ones now, but back in the 90s, they would have been a great accessory to come with the Steiners. Um Kind of a miss, if you ask me. We had the heavyweight belt that came with the ring, but it would have been cool to have tag titles in addition to an uh, an IC title. And you could have thrown the tag titles on the Nasty Boys. 
The Head Shrinkers, Money Inc. Oh yeah, totally. And actually, maybe it would have made more sense in a two pack. And that was the crazy part about the later series of the Hasbro's because we would get tag teams, but they'd be packaged separately. It's kind of how Mattel does that now with some elites. We just talked about the Road Warriors in Elite 30. Obviously a tag team, but packaged separately. And while we did have tag team assortments from Hasbro, we did not get the Smoking Guns, the Steiner Brothers, the Head Shrinkers, the last series of the Bushwhackers. Those were all packaged separately. We never got them together. So it was always kind of frustrating, I'm sure as a kid, when you went to the store and you wanted both Steiners, but you could only get Scott or you could only get Rick because either they didn't have the other one or mom said you can only get one figure, but you're going crazy because they're a tag team. How can you have one without the other? Well, now you feel my pain from the LJN era from the powers of demolition. So that part kind of sucked. So let's do a quick who did it better. Hasbro versus Galoob. Steiner Brothers, and I'm only using the American Galoobs. Okay. Hmm. Boy, that's a good one. See, you have posable figures versus essentially smaller LJNs with the Galoobs because you couldn't pose them. They, they literally had zero articulation. Man, that's, that's a tough one. So you've got Hasbro versus Galoob here. Based on the Hasbro sheen... And just the beauty of those singlets on the Hasbros. I think the face sculpt on the Scott Steiner Galoob is better. I'm going to say okay. the, the face is better on the Galoob Scott Steiner. But I like the face on the Hasbro Wick Steiner a little more. But I love the colorful singlets that are on the Hasbros. I love the sheen that's on them. Also, I'm going to downgrade uh, the Rick Steiner Galoob because of his pose. Fair enough. The pose on the Scott Steiner Galoob is excellent, but all of those things considered, I'm going to give the edge to the Hasbro Steiners. Is it just because of the singlets? That's part of it, but I guess it's a 50-50 on the face sculpts. I got to I gotta go with the Hasbros. I'm going with the Hasbros. I, I like the singlets better. I think overall, top to bottom, if you were to score them out, Galoobs lose by just a little bit. But I will say that Scott Steiner Galoob is tremendous. But I think as a pair, the Hasbro beats out the Galoob Steiners. So if I threw in the UKs, I would have said that the UKs were better than the Hasbros. Okay. The colorful singlets? The colorful singlets. Yeah. They made, they made that. The American ones, they were plain. It was like a blue and uh, a neon yellow with... yes. It just didn't look right. The way that Hasbro did it, it looked great. Now, I think the faces were better on the Galoobs. Both of them? Yes, because Rick Steiner's captured Rick Steiner almost like when he was part of the Varsity Club. Like when he was making that transition, when he was making that transition from the Varsity Club to being a tag team with his brother. I agree. So I think the face on the Stein, uh, excuse me, I think the face on Rick for the Galoob is better than the Hasbro. What about Scott Steiner? Scott Steiner, I think the face on the Galoob is better. Okay. But the outfits are just so plain. And they needed to be uh, spriced up a little bit like they were on Hasbro. So Spriced. Is that a good word? Is that a, is that a word? It's a new word now. Oh, okay, cool. What was the word we were supposed to throw into the podcast this week? Oh, man. I forget. It was a, it was a word that was in conjunction with respectfully. That's right. 
Shannon said it, didn't she, in the car ride to Top Golf? Yep. By the way, before we move on any further, I do want to wish Shannon a very, very happy birthday. I will not mention what number birthday this is, but I will say, for your age, you're a very fine-looking woman. And we had a great time at Top Golf. Happy birthday, Shannon. <laughs> you breezed right over it, you jerk. I was trying to insult her a little bit because we couldn't remember the word. Then you breeze right over it. No, she's a uh, dude. My wife's a milf. I mean, come on. Let's. She's crazy hot. I'm still nuts about her. So Shannon, the happiest of birthdays, and we'll celebrate it after shock. To Shannon. To Shannon. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so going back, I will have to give it to Hasbro just because of the outfits. Yeah, and that kind of defined the Steiners in the '90s, really. Like the the late 80s, early 90s were those crazy, ridiculously colorful outfits or singlets that the Steiner brothers wore. And it just, they were so eye-popping. Like it was crazy. They looked so good. And you're right, Jeff. Hasbro captured those better, so they get the nod. All right, Scott. Godfather's hat is shuffling. And we are going to announce the last figure that we're going to talk about. And it is... It's a thick wad. Holy crap. <laughs> it's chowdery. Are you ready for these? I think these again? These plural? These. D's? D's. Godfather's hat gave you D's? <laughs> Actually, he gave me killer B's. LJN. Oh, LJN. I thought you were going to say classic superstars there for a second. I love the killer B's LJNs. And the big tragedy of the Killer Bees LJNs is we never had them as kids. We couldn't find them. It's crazy to hear people tell stories in the 80s about, yeah, I would see the Killer Bees all the time. Hashtag blessed because Jeff and I literally never saw them one time at our local Toys R Us. Now, granted, our Toys R Us in Hayward, California cut off the LJNs, I wouldn't say quickly, but it was around probably 88 maybe 87 when they just stopped getting them in and they still had rows and rows of LJNs, but it was either they kept getting the same ones in or they were basically left with the stock that they had on hand because they, they cut them off. They just stopped getting them in. And it was one that I would always call and ask Barbara. And she was always super nice about it. No, no killer bees. And I eventually just kind of gave up like, well, crap, I, we're not getting the killer bees. And by the time we saw the ad in the wrestling ring, the killer bees were kind of gone from the Federation at that point. And I had no interest in adding the bees to our collection. I would rather have strike force and the heart foundation and hockey and warrior and ax and warlord. You know, those were and dead DiBiase. Those were the guys I wanted in the collection. I didn't want to add Jim Brunzel and B Brian Blair. Cause they were long gone at that point. And I wanted current guys, guys that I was still seeing on TV because we always booked vanilla, right? So I wanted guys we were seeing on TV every week so we could have our, our playtime with the LJNs. And I ultimately passed on the Killer Bees and I, I super regret it now. But Jeff, it was great that you went to Toy Safari that one time. I'll let you tell that story. But I love the look of the Killer Bees. I wish we had them in our collection as kids. Because I guarantee they would have been the guys facing Sheik and Volkov every week to to be in the running for a tag team title shot. And they would have either been facing the powers of demolition or the British Bulldogs 
or the Heart Foundation. And the only thing missing from those Killer Bees figures were the masks. Yeah. So the funny story was, is Celeste and I walked down to Park Street here in Alameda. And Park Street is our main drag. It's the it's the popular spot. You know, all the bars are there, everything. And so we walked down there, and I didn't even know Toy Safari had, had existed at this time. Sure enough, we go down there. Very first time going down there. And it's just a vintage toy shop. Walk in, and I'm looking for a wrestling figure specifically, and I find some Hasbros. I find Akeem. I find, I forget who else. I, I want to say Doink was there. But anyways, I was like, oh, cool. They got Hasbros, you know. Then they had this wooden cabinet that had just rows of LJNs. And I'm looking and I see Ted RCD and I see Junkyard Dog. I see Nikolai Volkov, Mr. Fuji. And then I look in the back and there is B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Brunzel. And I'm my brain just went bonkers right there. I was like, we didn't have these guys and so I went up to the counter and I was like, hey, there are a couple figures in the cabinet back there. Would you be able to unlock it? So they said, sure. Come walk into the back, unlock it, and they pull out B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Brunzel. And the only marking was B. Brian had like a little nick on his derriere. And I'm like, these are, there's no paint scuff. There's nothing. This is fantastic. And I said, how much are they? And the person says, oh, the tag is on the bottom of their feet. I lift both of them up and it says $14.99. Oh. <laughs> I call you immediately, Scott. And I'm like, yeah, uh, Scott, they we never had the killer bees, right? And you're like, no. I was all, dude, we now have the killer bees. <laughs> the funny thing was, is I purchased them right there, dude. 30 after tax, it was like 34 bucks for both of them out the door. I bring him to work on Monday because this was on a Saturday. I bring him to work on Monday and like I hand them to you because you stop by our office and I hand the figures to you. And nine-year-old, 10-year-old Scott just had this look on his in his eyes of like, oh my God, I have the killer bees. And you were holding them like they were your child, dude. <laughs> you got to be careful with those things. Yeah, I don't want any paint chipping off of these. Exactly. The experience of finding him for dirt cheap on top of that, showing him to you when I brought him into work Monday morning. It, I don't know. The whole experience about getting those was just something special. Yeah. When you brought him in, there was no expectation to sling them or fling them. That was not <laughs> happening. We didn't want to damage any of the paint. So yeah, when you handed them off, I was like, Oh my gosh, like to actually hold them like, wow, these are in our collection. Now it was just amazing. Like all those years later to finally add those elusive killer bees. And on top of that, to be in the condition they were in was just incredible. It was almost like you had opened up a, a fresh box, blue box of tag team wrestlers from LJN, like pulled out that big plastic insert and popped them right out. It They were almost case fresh. It was incredible just to hold them, to see them. It was great. And yeah, it was like, 10-year-old me was, oh my gosh, I can't believe we finally have the killer bees in the collection. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's a memorable day just because of the price tag on them. I yeah. I don't I thought for sure they were going to be like 45 bucks because of like no paint wear, no nothing. I guess they didn't know what they had and they were just like I guess 14.99 for each. Both of the guys wearing yellow and black trunks. Let's just throw 14.99 on them. So, 
Yeah, that was amazing. And I again, they may not have known what they had, but granted, this was before crazy pricing. That is true. This would have been 2017, I think. No, you mean when we got them? Yeah. No, I think it was 2014, 2015. Oh, is that when it was? Yeah. Oh, so well in advance of the crazy pricing. Yeah. But even still at that time, 30 bucks for the pair was still really good. Right, right. So, all right, Godfather's hat. He uh, just gave me cab fare, and I guess that means it's time for me to leave. Hit the bricks. And that will also round out the show. We want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, you can check out the carded and loose prices from eBay from the past three months of LJN, Galoobs, Hasbros, Just Toys, Bendoms, Retros, Defining Moments. If you are in the hunt for any of those and you want to make sure you're getting the fair carded prices, or average prices, I should say, head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com. And we're going to go over to our buddies, Breaker and Bane. Of course, they're kicking it off. Wrestling Talk, Toy Talk, Retro Talk, whatever it is, they're doing it over there at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also, check out TB Toycast since we're recording early. We don't know what they're going to be talking about this week, but you guys can tune in to the TB Toycast as well as Breaker's Back. I, I keep wanting to say Back to the Nintendo. I don't know why. You love that show. I did. It was interesting. I meant to say, you know it's fake, right? Where he had Soda Hunter on this past week. Love you, Soda. Absolutely. Diet Soda. We got to call him Diet Soda. (laughs) Yes. That man has lost a ton of weight. I'm super proud of him. Yeah, his nickname is now Diet Soda. (laughs) Or no soda. (laughs) Soda free. Water Hunter. Yes. Doesn't flow as well. Nah, it really doesn't. Also, check out our buddies doing the favor. Eric and Barry have a fun wrestling show wrestling figure show and they also have a sports show so check out doing the favor they're also doing a lot of fantasy stuff a lot they're talking a lot of fantasy football they're they're discussing it all over at doing the favor also check out their website where you can listen to their show and check out the SKUs and the upcs so again doing the favor.com also steve eric have a fun retro show over a positively pro wrestling podcast. And I just listened to their show, Scott, and I can't remember what they talked about. Wow. This seems to be a weekly thing with you. What? My forgetfulness? I know I'm old. Yeah. Well, specifically what Steve talked about or Steve and Eric talked about on positively pro wrestling. You know how many podcasts I listen to in a week? I don't think that's an excuse. That's my excuse. If you loved Steve, you would remember which shows he did and not take him to the second best talkeria in Alameda. So check out Positively Pro Wrestling. I can't remember. I don't remember what they talked about. And it was funny too, because I was like, okay, I got to remember that for the show. And I forgot. <laughs> but I'm know. sure it was good. It was. It was. A, it's an excellent show. I, that's why I listen. That's why I continue listening to it. It always is. Also, check out our friends Seth, Sheena, and Marco over at the Chick Foley Show. Good friends over there. Check out our buddy Justin Summers. Justin, thank you for recommending stuff for Taco Bell for Scott. Was it good? Dude, you know what? What? You know what? What? I didn't make it. <gasps> you haven't gone to Taco Bell? No, I have not been to Taco Bell and it's driving me nuts. So I'm long overdue for some Taco Bell. And I was supposed to go Friday night, but we ended up having stuff in the fridge that we needed to cook up. And that was basically the entire weekend that we needed to do that. So I missed out on Taco Bell, but I guarantee with going to Aftershock this weekend, 
there's going to be a Taco Bell around the hotel. And I'm definitely going to be hitting up Taco Bell and adding potatoes to everything I order. Literally, potatoes are going in everything. Don't forget to meet up with Cody, by the way, at Aftershock. Oh, that's right. He's going to be there. I got to hit him up on Facebook Messenger. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant, as well as our buddies Marty and Rucker over at Boots of the Face, as well as Tim over at Pulling Up a Chair, and Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, which got this Friday. Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. You can download our podcast wherever you download all of your other podcasts at. The show that dropped this past Friday was a what if episode regarding the super popular rumor about the Iron Sheik possibly breaking Hulk Hogan's leg during their title match in 1984 that was basically the birth of Hulkamania. We asked the question, what if Sheik actually took Vern's money and broke Hogan's leg? Pretty interesting episode. All three of us kind of take a different path on what would have went down. So check out the show. See what we thought. Give us your thoughts at wrestling underscore drunk. Because we are drunk wrestling history where we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. A path, a path. Me, a path. me. Shh, 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 shh. Me. <laughs> me. <laughs> we are the knights who say <laughs> me. <laughs> we're just going to do the entire Holy Grail movie. Oh, dude, I was doing the... Uh... Holy hand grenade of Antioch skit today at work. I love it. (laughs) Three shall be the number that we count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Five is right out. Four thou shalt not count, neither count till two, unless proceeding to three. (laughs) Five is right out. (laughs) Once the number three being the third number. Has been counted. Has been counted. <laughs> you shall pull thy pin. And oh, I forget the rest of it, right? No, keep going, dude. Just make it up on the fly. Screw it. Uh, shall pull the pin and throw it toward... I can't remember it. And my opponent shall snuff it or something like that. In thy mercy. In thy mercy. Amen. <laughs> One, two, five. Three, sir. <laughs> Three. <laughs> That's when they face uh, the white rabbit. Oh man, uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing that at work. Have you been oh, watching that movie a lot lately? No, I've been listening to the soundtrack because it's on Celeste's phone. So sometimes she puts her phone on shuffle, oh. and then that will pop up. Lovely. So, yes, it's fantastic. It really is. I love the Holy Grail. I can't get Shan to watch it. She's not a big fan of British comedy, but oh, dude, I, we listened to that soundtrack so much in the nineties. Oh, it was on. It was that the Jerky Boys. Uh, Guar, Adam Sandler, Misfits, Adam Sandler. Yeah, those were ma- our main staples on the uh, boombox in the spare bedroom where we played video games. Yep, Avril, Avril Lavigne was uh, one of your favorites. Scott, Justin Timberlake was, was mine. That was until 2002. Oh, good point. Yeah, that wasn't 90s. You're right. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to call me out on 1990s stuff. <laughs> Sorry, wrong decade. Also, check out our friends Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to the great and super talented Jason Wolf. If you need artwork, or if your show, YouTube, or podcast, what have you, needs an artist, Jason Wolf is your guy. Head over to Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com, where you can commission some artwork, get in touch with the man himself, check out his cool custom Hasbro figures, check out the artwork he's done. Or you can head on over to whatamaneuver.net, look at most of our t-shirts and our catalog there. Jason designed them, 
He did all of the artwork. Incredible guy, incredible artist. Hit him up again, doyledraws.com. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Me. <laughs> Theresa. Theresa. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the beginning to Highway to the Danger Zone. Sorry, wrong movie. Yeah, is it is it that or is it porn music? It could go either way, right? <laughs> Scott, that rounds out episode 299 as we now begin our march to 300. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I'm getting my uh, tuxedo t-shirt pressed for the event because that's all I'm wearing. And I'll have some blackened in water because we're going to keep it classy. And it'll be a hell of a fun show. Absolutely. So for episode 299, anything else? Stay safe. Stay healthy. Happy birthday, hot ass wife. I love you, Shan. Fig life since 2016 and happy toy hunting. I want to wish Shannon a happy birthday and I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to episode 299. Hashtag fig life. Adios. Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M-O-C Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week We're the OGs of WFP Fully poseable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings